You know, I've been experiencing that power of connection even more here in recent days as I'm grieving Cheryl's loss. You know, lots of people say to me, you have a big family. And I guess we do. We have five kids and 12 grandkids. And when we go on vacation, I say we're just taking the circus on the road. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. But I tell people, I have a really big family. Because my family is the, the church. And, uh, and it's, it's this church. But it's even bigger than that. It's all the support and love and care from, from believers in so many different places around the country, around the world. And it's, it's, it's this reminder that, that when we connect, connect in the church, we're a part of something really big. And I hope uh, you'll continue to make those connections because it blesses your life in more ways than I can describe. Well, last Sunday, uh, we were asking the question, when? And we were applying it specifically to the plans to potentially build a, a new sanctuary here at Grace Point. Uh, since we made those 2020 vision goals now four years ago, this idea of, of building a new place for us to gather together has been on the back burner, just kind of simmering. And now it's reaching the boiling point. And it's time for us to make some significant decisions about where we go into the future. In case you weren't here last Sunday, up on the screen is an artist's rendering of what the entrance to the new sanctuary may well look like. And, and last week, our focus was on when, and the answer is now, very soon. We're, we're actually in the final blueprint stage where we get a, a, a final cost analysis, and then we're going to have some meetings together. We're going to have a chance to, to uh, discuss where we go from here and decide if it's time for us to aggressively move forward. And I expect for all of that to happen sometime in the next couple of months. So as soon as those plans are complete, uh, you'll be hearing about opportunity that we have, all of us, to get together and have our input into that decision-making. And, 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 you know, one of the amazing things for me is that from the beginning, God has always trusted the church to make decisions about how to proceed, how to take the next step. And it's really amazing to me that God trusts us that much. Because I'm telling you, if I was God, I wouldn't trust you. But God does. I mean, I, I so wish you could get a postcard from heaven or hear a thundering voice about what God's will is, but that's not how he's chosen to work, really, from the very beginning of the church. And if you take a look at Acts chapter 15, you'll actually see how this process played itself out in the first big decision that the church needed to make. And they gathered together, and they had discussion, and they prayed, and they searched the Bible, and they came to a conclusion about what to do next. And if you look at the very end of Acts 28, there's this summation statement about the decision that was made. And it says in verse 28, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I love that line. 
Because it, it was at the end of a church business meeting. And it was, this is what God wants us to do. And we've come to consensus together. And we need to follow that same pattern. And my prayer is that one day in the near future, when we decide about what's next, we'll walk out of this place and we'll say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Now, a part of making the decisions that we need to do, a big part of the process is asking practical questions. And I know the number one practical question. How much is it going to cost? So, um, I'll just tell you. The, the cost estimate is $4 million. And I know that hits you and you say, whoa, that's a big number. Like, like I said last week, actually building costs since um, COVID have increased by 60%. And they are not going to retreat. And, and uh, I, I wish that, uh, that that was not the case. But I want you to know it's not an insurmountable number. So, so let's think about how we get there. Uh, how can we ever get that done? Well... First, I want you to know that this is not happening in a vacuum. You'll remember that we started talking about it with those vision, vision, uh, 2020 vision goals in uh, four years ago. But actually, before that, back in 2019, the board started preparing for this project. And they began adding more and more each year to our annual budget with this project in mind. And as those funds accrued, we paid off the debt that we still had remaining for the lobby and the cafe. Uh, we bought the two houses that are south of the church with cash. And uh, we continue to have that accrue as we prepare for what's next. And we are building a bit of a nest egg as a part of this process. So by the end of this year, we are on schedule to have built into our budget enough to service a two and a half million dollar debt. That's the, that's the biggest chunk right there. And that nest egg I mentioned, uh, at the end of 2023, it was, after we did all of the other things I talked about, it was standing at a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. Uh, and because of what we have built into our budget, during this year, 2024, we're going to add another $200,000 to that nest egg. Uh, and uh, because we purchased those two properties, uh, mostly so we could have control over them, it's become apparent that we are not going to need the second one furthest south. And so we have equity in that property that is somewhere around $200,000. So if you add all of those things together, uh, we are already at 3.15 million. So where does that leave us? Well, in order to do some work that's necessary to renovate our existing buildings and integrate them into the project, 
uh, we're going to need at least a million-dollar capital campaign. Um, by the way, statistically, for a church our size, that is very doable. And for you, it's incredibly doable because I, I watched you give $62,000 on one day a few years ago as we were raising money for that truck for Pastor Juan in, in Honduras. So I, I want you to be aware that behind the scenes, there's been a lot of planning going on toward this project over the last five years. And we are not starting from scratch. However, it is a time for us now because we come to certain moments where we have to count the cost and we have to make a decision. So, so be look, listening for an announcement of, about a meeting and uh, we'll be calling it as soon as we have final blueprints and we have a few costs that will be firmed up. And at that point, uh, we're going to begin to decide whether or not we are prepared and ready to get all in. And, and the Lord wants us to trust him to provide, but he also wants us to be wise in how we proceed. And so we'll be getting plenty of information to you and, and we'll take time to logically, strategically, prayerfully think about how this thing all plays itself out. And remember from last week, the predominant question we're going to be asking is, is this what pleases the Lord and enables us to create an environment where more and more people are discovering Jesus and growing in him? So while we wait over these next couple of months for that moment of decision to come, let's get a biblical perspective on this subject. Because the Lord wants us engaged with him and yet making decisions together as his people. And it's not just the big stuff. Aren't you glad that God cares about everything that's going on in your life? I, I put it like this. If it's important to you, it's important to God. I am so thankful for that. I, I love that verse in 1 Peter that says, cast all your care on him because he cares for you. I, I'm so thankful that God doesn't just care about the big stuff in our lives. He cares about the little things as well because that's where relationship happens. So let's start with this reality. Uh, we, we must proceed for the right reason. We need to be asking, will this please God if we significantly invest in creating a larger environment where he is loved and honored and where people are discovering Jesus and committing their lives to him and growing in a relationship that lasts all the way into eternity? Is that what God wants for us? Hebrews 3, 4 says, every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Psalm 127 has that same thought. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So what we're really doing is, is partnering with God in this amazing project. A 
few weeks ago, we gave a, a, a four-word answer to the question, why? Why do we do what we do? And the answer was, it is a response. Everything we do is a response to what God has done for us. And we must never lose sight of the fact that we are, we are privileged to serve the Lord. Now, I'm the first to admit that there are many wrong reasons to take on a project like this. So let's think about some wrong reasons we could do this. Uh, the, the first one is simply this. We shouldn't do it just because we can. I mean, we can raise this money. We can get it done. We're most of the way there already. We can do this. But, but we are called to be stewards. We're called to be good stewards of the Lord's money. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, it's a great biblical term. And a steward is simply someone who looks after the resources of another. And so in our case... In the biblical understanding, stewards are people who take care of God's resources. And God trusts us to use his money wisely. As I said, that's mind-blowing for me. God trusts the church to decide how best to serve him. Now, there is a wrong question a lot of people ask. The wrong question is, can we? The right question is, should we? When our daughters were getting married, Cheryl and I sat down with them and set a budget for their weddings. You can do as much as you want, whatever you want, as long as you spend this much money. That's basically what we said. Actually, our, our daughter Elizabeth thought she wanted to be a little more extravagant. And she asked about spending more money. She came to us and she even suggested that, that she, could, she could add to the budget that her, her mother and I had, had uh, already provided for her. And she said, can we do more? I, I immediately responded by saying, you're asking the wrong question. It's not, can we? The right question is, should we? Because we had more money in our savings. But, but after a while, more is just more. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, you can ask people on the board or in the ministry staff, um, as we have come out of COVID and we've been thinking about this project and doing some of the behind the scenes work, um, all along I have been using $4 million as a target. And I was waiting with bated breath when I met with the builder just a couple of weeks ago and he brought the initial plans in and, and gave the initial cost estimate because I... I, I didn't know whether it was going to fit in those parameters or not. And had it been excessively more than that, 
uh, it would have been a big stewardship issue for me. Because we need to be wise in terms of, of how we set our parameters and, and what that looks like as we move forward together as a church. So please understand, we have been incredibly blessed. We've been behind the scenes expanding our budget for five years, getting ready for this. And God has brought that increase through you every year as we've moved through the process. But please know this, the more resources God gives us, the more responsible we are to use them wisely because we are, we're stewards. God has trusted us with his resources. And so we must always ask the question, should we? And if we just settle for the facts and figures and only ask, can we? We've missed the boat. Uh, let me tell you another reason not to build. And that's to stroke our ego. You know, there are lots of people who think there's a sort of competition among churches. And it's important to be at the top of the heap. And if our goal is to just get bigger as a church, we're missing the point. What God wants for us is to be creating an environment where people are discovering Jesus and growing in him. And the world tries to push us into this comparison game. Uh, we need to resist that at every turn. We will not participate in that. Because it's not about status. It's about reaching people for Jesus. I don't know how you are with your car. Um, maybe you name your car. Uh, I, I have always considered our vehicles tools. They're, they're a, a, an avenue to get from one place to another. And, you know, I always tell people, I, I drive the kind of car that if somebody steals it, they deserve it. But one time, we bought this fancy vehicle. Our kids were all teenagers. And it seemed like all at once they grew legs and they were just cramped in this minivan. So we decided we were going to buy one of those full-size conversion vans for those years while they were with us in our home and they, and they were teenagers. And that was back in the 90s where, you know, this was a, this was a really big deal. You know, everything was that velour and, and it had the TV and VCR built into the vehicle, which today people say, eh, but then it was just amazing, you know, and just, uh, just so cool. The most expensive vehicle we, we had bought by far. So we, we swung the deal. We decided everything was good. And we drove to the dealership. And Cheryl stayed in the car, and I went in, and I, I signed all the papers while she was in there watching a movie on the video with the kids because they <laughs> thought it was the most amazing thing in the world. And when I came out, she could tell I was miffed. And she said, what is wrong? Something happened with the paperwork? I said, no, nah, it just went fine. But I... I was ticked off because everywhere I walked in that dealership, people congratulated me for buying this vehicle. 
And, and I, I said to Cheryl, don't they know this is a tool that we're going to use to serve our family and serve God? I said, nobody ever congratulated me for buying a shovel. <laughs> I, I want you to know if we build a new building, it's a tool. It's a tool that we use to reach people for Jesus. Um, and by the way, <laughs> one of the worst things about buying a new tool is that it adds to your workload. Because you buy a new tool, you have to use it, right? And, and so we have to understand that that's part of the process too. This is not a status symbol. Don't think in terms of status. It's a tool that we use to accomplish a purpose for the Lord, and that tool implies that we're going to have to work. And so when we take next steps, we assume responsibility to work even harder to serve the Lord. We will never adopt the gospel according to a field of dreams. You know, build it and they will come. It doesn't work like that. Actually, that tends to make people spiritually lazy. So if we finish this project and we sit on our hands and say, glad we got that done, we're missing the whole boat. It's bigger and, and more important than that. The Lord's asking us to step to the plate at even a larger measure, not just with our pocketbooks, but in our service and devotion to Him. So, we don't build just because we can. Uh, we don't build an attempt to feel more important. And, and, and we don't build to create a monument. I have a pastor friend who tells his board and property management team that their task is to use up the building in service to Jesus. I, I, I love that. Uh, because there's a tendency, especially when you get something new to, to protect it. And we have to be careful about that. Uh, one of the things we do when we travel is uh, we, go to, uh, we go and look at, at churches. Uh, we were down in St. Augustine a few years ago and went through this amazing church that was paid for uh, by a... Uh, a man who was part of Standard Oil and, and just donated um, hun hundreds of thousands of dollars to this church in 1900, which would be like millions and millions today. Um, it's still a functioning church, but they have about 10 people there. Uh, when we were in Hungary on our first mission trip, one of the things we got to do was go to Vienna and it was amazing, and I and, uh, got the privilege of, of touring through St. Stephen's Cathedral there. And it was incredibly impressive, except for one thing. It's now a museum, not a church. And I thought, how, how sad. And, and, and if, if we're trying to, to build something that, that we're going to have to carefully keep, what, what really happens is the building turns into an idol. 
And, and we can never let that happen. So whatever we build, we're going to build to use to, to serve the Lord. My, my phone has stopped ringing because I'm an old guy, but when I was younger, people were calling me and asking me to go other places to, to be pastor at other churches. And um, in the early 90s, I was asked about going to a church in Columbus that at that time was much larger, more prestigious. And obviously I got the chance to stay here. But, but over the last three decades, I have watched that church carefully from afar. It does not exist anymore. And would you like to know why? It's because there was a certain group that did not want people, especially kids, messing up their building. And I watched with sadness as one family after another after another found someplace else to worship. And soon it was only old people in a very nice building. And when enough of them were gone, it was too. We don't build because we can. We don't build as a matter of status. We don't build to create a monument. So what is the right reason? In case you haven't caught it yet, let me, let me repeat it again. Uh, the reason we build is to create an even greater opportunity for more and more people to discover Jesus and grow in him. As I said earlier, we are resources of God's, excuse me, we are stewards of God's resources. And I, I might as well confess, I, I am a miser at heart. I, I do not like spending money. What's really scary for me is spending God's money. But if you've been around here for very long, you know that we choose to do that because being a steward is so important. And, and, and this idea of stewardship is something that we need to continue to, to think through because, because when we are unwilling to use the resources God gives us, as I said last week, it's just like telling him no. And I never want to do that. I never want us to do that. Now, it's true that stewards face a few temptations. And, and one of them is, is to get afraid of making a mistake and consequently failing to act. There are so many people who do that. What if God gets mad at us? Or what if we don't do it exactly right? Or what if it doesn't work out the way we had planned? And we get so focused on trying to do everything perfectly that we decide the easiest thing is to do nothing at all. And by implication, that's incredibly frightening. Nothing frustrates the Lord 
like inactivity. You remember Jesus' story about that, don't you? Where he called three guys in and he, he gave them each some money in the NIV just to make it easy. They call them bags of gold. So he gave one guy five bags of gold, one guy three bags of gold, and the third guy he gave one bag of gold. And then Jesus said the master went on a trip for a very long time. And when he came back, he discovered that the first two had invested their money and had increased it. And he met with each of those servants individually and, and he said the same thing to each one of them. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Wow, that had to be great. And then Jesus finished the story talking about the one guy who had one bag of gold. And this is what he said. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. He knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would at least have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. That's, that's a hard story. <laughs> but it indicates to us that there is nothing that frustrates the Lord like his stewards doing nothing. He would rather see us try and fail than do nothing. Th there's another temptation for stewards. And that's to fail to count the cost. Uh, Jesus had something to say about this too. Jesus had something to say about just about everything. It's, a, it's amazing. In Luke 14, he said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish it. You know, there are some people who say, uh, let's just trust God, let's live by faith, it's going to be okay. And, and, they, and they don't plan for reality. Many of you know that I spent uh, five years as uh, a conference superintendent overseeing churches all, all around Ohio. Boy, those were frustrating years. And you want to know one of the things that frustrated me most? Is how many churches fail to plan. They think, ah, oh, we're just going to figure it out on the fly. We're just going to trust Jesus and go. If the Lord trusts us to make decisions on his behalf, 
It takes planning. It's our responsibility. And yes, we're going to walk by faith. And yes, we're going to choose to, to trust the Lord. And he's going to be a part of the whole process. But, but God wants us planning the process. He wants us to know him, to know what pleases him, and then act, as I was saying last week. So stewards, they have all these temptations. One is to be afraid to make a mistake and choose to do nothing. Another one is to fail to plan and then just hope it works out. A, a, a third one is to get overly possessive and think that what is God's is actually yours. Like I said last week, I was in the remedial class for marriage. It took me a long time to figure some things out. And when I do premarital counseling, I always tell couples that one person in the family needs to be the treasurer because the, the information needs to be processed by one person. Well, in our family, I was the treasurer. I took care of the bills. I made sure the taxes were done. I always knew how much money was available, all those kinds of things. Every once in a while, I would cross the line. And I would start thinking that our money was actually my money because I was in charge of the finances. I, I married this amazing woman who knew how to correct my perspective from time to time. <laughs> and she would remind me that just because I was the one who had the checkbook didn't mean it was my money. It's our money. And we decide together about how things are going to go. And it took me a while, but I finally learned. You know, this, this is what happens sometimes in the life of the church. Um, we we want to take God's money and do with it what we want to do without asking the question, what does God want us to do? And so as we think through this process, we're going to keep coming back to that, to that same question. Because when you start thinking God's money is your money, when we start thinking that God's money is our money, we're going to make one, or, one of two mistakes. We're either going to hoard it and try to get as much of it as we can in a nest egg, or we're going to spend it frivolously in ways that are not productive for the kingdom of God. Neither one of them is a good option. I, I am so thankful to be a part of the church. As Bill Hybels used to love saying, the church is God's plan A to save the world. And there is no plan B. He's given it to us. It's our privilege and our responsibility. And I never cease to be amazed that God trusts us 
to make big decisions and move forward for him. And my prayer is that as these next couple of months unfold and we get to making those big decisions that are looming on the horizon, that when it's all said and done, we'll leave this room and we will say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Let's be praying right now and asking the Lord for wisdom and grace as we move into the future. Will you pray with me, please? Father, we, we face those temptations that stewards face. Uh, some of us, we, we still want to do the wrong thing and so our tendency is to say, whoa, wait a minute here. Um, others of us have a, have a tendency to think that uh, we can just run ahead without having to think things through and to be part of a, of a body of Christ in the decision-making process. And in the middle of all of that, you're, you're trusting the wisdom, the corporate wisdom of your people. And that's, a, that's amazing that the God of the universe would have that kind of faith in us. So we're going to be walking into these next couple of months thinking about what happens next. And I'm just asking that you give us wisdom and grace to do that well. And give us a passion to know you, to know what pleases you, and then to act. Thank you. Go with us now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And welcome back to the Galleon Grace Point podcast. So we're still in the Grace Point Identity Series. And, uh, you know, kind of the subtitle of this one this week was, How Do We Move Forward? And so this is kind of uh, piggybacking a little bit off of uh, last week's sermon when we got to see really the first view of the new sanctuary and uh, kind of the layout of the building and the plans going into it. And basically kind of touched on a lot of the financials um, that it's going to take to make this happen. So, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a different sermon, you know, where I kind of have my own views on it, not like a lot to break down, but, um, you know, just like pastor Paul said, he's got all the numbers there. Um, I can read them to you again, but you know, you just heard it in the sermon, but, uh, essentially the, the big gist is, you know, we're, we're essentially about, you know, a million dollars away from really making this thing happen. And, um, you know, to me, I think the biggest thing I took away from this, honestly, is um, it was really at the end, and I kind of wrote a note up here at the top, but, um, you know, you can get overly possessive and think that what is God's is actually yours, and that is true. Like, God has blessed us with so many things in our life, period, that, you know, honestly, we take for granted every day, you know, 
I uh, I was listening to a podcast I mentioned a while back where the pastor was saying, you know, we don't really own every, anything. We're just the stewards of all these things. They all, you know, they're all gifts from God that we are in charge of. And what I really thought of, though, is, you know, although, like, this is this new sanctuary is a gift from God and it's God's house and everything. I was I was kind of thinking of a way to correlate this and what I wrote down is you take pride in something you build. So, you know, I've made lots of pieces of furniture and stuff for our house and although, you know, you might you might not be physically building this sanctuary or putting in as much money and tithes as you would like to just being here and supporting this church and having the relationships with people in this church is essentially you laying a foundation for this new sanctuary, in my opinion, is. And like I said, I, I take pride in something more when I've done, I put in the effort into building or to helping out with something. You know, you, you everything's so mass produced now, you can go to the store and get an end table uh, real easy. But when you look at something that you put, uh, your time and treasure into and your talent, you know, just like he said last week. Uh, well, I guess that was that Bible study, not the sermon, but your uh, times, uh, your time, treasure, and talent into something, you take more pride in it. And I just kind of look at everybody that's in the seats here at the church and think like these are almost like the bricks that are the foundation of the church. And so it's something to really be proud of. And that's really what I, I took away most uh, from the sermon. You know, there's. There's lots of wrong reasons to build things like he went through, you know, like just because we can or to stroke our ego and things like that to create a monument. But it's it's ultimately going to be a beautiful place of worship for others to come and be led to Christ. And uh, yeah, that, that was, like I said, the biggest thing I took away was that everyone here and going back to the whole relationship format that we've talked about, you know, countless times, uh, just about in every sermon he brings it up, but those relationships that we build here are the foundation that's going to lead to this uh, to this new sanctuary. So um, I wanted to ask my guest this week uh, kind of his takeaway from Pastor Paul's sermon, and uh, that is Mike Thomas here with me this week. You got a little taste of him uh, last week when we did the group format after Bible study. So welcome on, Mike. Thanks, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Yeah, no, I just uh, wanted to say... Um, I took some time to think about what was said this Sunday. Um, if it's important to you, it's important to him, no matter how big or how small. Um, and that that goes with everything, um, everyday life. Um, you know, we say our prayers throughout the day. I mean, even if it's a prayer for some pain to go away or or something to go right during the day, or if it's something as big as, big as building a whole new sanctuary. Right, yeah. So... Um, that that, that kind of hit home to me. Um, so yeah, continually pray, no matter how big or how small. It's important to him as well as. Absolutely. Yeah, I I I like that a lot. And like I said, just it's it's kind of a difficult one because it was you know it almost we were kind of going over numbers and stuff at the beginning, and I really liked how he broke it down to say there's reasons that we should do this, the right reasons there, but here's here's the wrong reasons. To go into something like this, but uh, yeah, before we uh, touch on that, did you have anything else you wanted to add, Mike? Well, I, I like how you said the uh, wrong reasons. Um, we're not here to just say, "Oh, we're better than this church," or "Look right. at us, we're, yeah. we're flexing what we have." And, yeah, you know, it's it's truly we really need it. And when he said that we are growing 
to bring people to the Lord yeah. and to know the word and have better relationships. Absolutely. Um, I thought that was great. So Yeah, and I liked some of the 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 more modernized ideas that are going to come to it, you know, with uh, the, the tech aspect has grown so much with the streaming here and uh, so kind of a, a more updated tech area. The, obviously, the sanctuary is going to be beautiful, but I mentioned it uh, in last week's podcast. The one that's really cool to me is, you know, the mothers that have infants that there's going to be kind of a room for them to be able to s- still sit and watch the uh, watch the sermon without, you know, being disruptive or being disrupted. So I think that's something cool that, you know, I hadn't even thought of, honestly, you know, because my youngest has kind of grown out that, you know, she's going into the, to the toddler room and everything, but it is really cool because, you know, that was one of the things that really drew us here was, you know, at our old church and, you know, there's nothing wrong with having your entire family with you, but when they're, you know, real little, you know how it is. You're, you're basically, uh, you're, you got a WWE match going in, <laughs> uh, in the pews and in the seats. So, uh, it's nice to have that time with my wife and the kids are learning at a level that they understand more right now than, uh, you know, not to say that Pastor Paul's message wouldn't translate to younger kids, but the way they're working with the toddlers and the junior Absolutely. high and everything, I think it, I think it works out really well the way we do it here. So it's pretty funny you talk about how the the new baby area is going to be the infant room and all that. Yeah. It was just maybe maybe a month ago I realized when somebody was talking about it that that window down there is a a double window. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No clue the whole yeah. time I've been here. I only did because when we first started coming, Emery was in that room and you know when we first started before right. she transitioned into the toddler room, but that's the only way that I even knew it. But yeah. Yeah, our kids have all went down down to the center, so yeah, we had no clue. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's funny, especially because Natalie's in there quite a bit, isn't she? You yeah, know, helping just, out. So she's never said nothing never, to me. Like, never hey, sent the message over to you. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I mentioned him, but uh, yeah, Mike Thomas this week. Um, we've had his wife Natalie on before, and obviously they were both on last week when we kind of did the group format. And actually, I wanted to say I got a lot of good feedback on that. Um, a lot of people just kind of liked the the looseness of it and that it was a lot of fun uh honestly recording it you know and it was you know on a whim we yeah. just kind of throw it together yeah hey, can you guys do this absolutely yeah i think it was like two hours before we had actually uh actually done the thing so dropped the mics down and uh recorded the podcast and it was a lot of fun so that's uh i think we'll probably do another one like that i was kind of i was kind of you know uh formulating the plan in my head but I'm thinking like doing like the final one before Memorial day this year, before we take a summer break, doing like a group one and just, you know, catching up, talking about plans for the summers. It'll be like a week or two before the charter and before vacation Bible school. So kind of do that. But I we're kind of in the, uh, like infancy stage of it, but so we're going to take the summer off, but we're working on a plan to do like a live, episode of it the first weekend in august which is the hog roast and um so as of right now where it sits it's just going to be like a live one um probably on the church's website and most likely on the church's youtube page live but um there's some even bigger things that we're trying to correlate but i don't really want to like announce it yet in case that doesn't happen but spoiler alert yeah but trying to work on something big there to kind of draw people in throughout the day 
that might catch it, you know, via Facebook or just online. Um, and I know Tim is doing some, he's looking out to do some advertising on the radio for it. So anything we can do to draw more people in and uh, donate some money to St. Jude's and bring them in, learn a little bit about the church and uh, get some really, really good food. So anyways, Mike, uh, I'm going to pass the mic to Mike. I know that's uh, I'm like beating a dead horse there. I said it twice. So, (laughs) but, uh, you kind of know the format, so kind of tell me about uh, your early life, Mike, and growing up. Um, I know you didn't grow up here in Galleon at the beginning, so tell me about growing up and lead me that way, and we'll just keep on going down the line. So I was uh, born in Toledo, Ohio. I uh, lived in Galleon for a while. Uh, my dad's mom, his parents moved to Indiana, so I grew up in southern Indiana um, when I was a junior. My grandma was sick with MS, and we came back to Ohio, just my mother and I. My parents got divorced. Yeah. So um, my mom remarried. Um, We weren't big into the church. Uh, She would take us here and there when we were in Indiana, little. And my grandma was big. Like, she would take me. She'd go, come on, come with me. Let's go, yeah. She was, like, my best buddy. So, um, yeah, we... Didn't wasn't raised in it. My dad didn't go. There wasn't a lot of it in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older and got here, I was the one that did the whole Thanksgiving, Christmas, right? You know, yep. like Easter, Easter, yeah. You know, just and but um, since we've been here, well, let me back up. When me and Natalie were dating, she told me it was a big part of her life. Yeah, and she said if it's not part of yours, it's Probably, Probably not going to work out. <laughs> so, and it wasn't really an ultimatum. She she told me she's like, I'm not forcing you. Right. She's just like, I, I'm letting you know what I expect. Right. So, I made every excuse. I yeah. was in my twenties. Oh know, yeah. She yeah. was just now, you know, nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. She's like, eh. I was like, I'm still in my fun stage. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like I was working late shifts and different jobs and here and there, and I was just like, no. Oh, I'm sick. I don't feel good this morning. Uh, drank too much last night. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. Things like that. So um, we did start at the Nazarene Church. Yep. And so I tried to start attending there and make more of an effort because I seen how much of a strain it was taking on our, our marriage. Right. And so, and the kids were little, so they saw Dad getting up, going to church, and yeah. that was good. Yeah. Well, then I'd kind of start falling off, and i go hit it hard and fall off, hit it hard and Drifting fall off. Drifting away. So um, she said, and some things kind of happened at that church, and, and we love a lot of people there, don't get me wrong. Um, things just kind of started diminishing. There wasn't really a kid's thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so she wanted to find something that was more geared towards children. Right. And she tried a few other churches, and then she came here, and she never left. Oh, yeah. And I was still doing the whole, oh, it's my only day off, you know. Right. I'm sleeping in, you know, I get up and... With the kids, like, I'm not doing it. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was rough for me at first when I got here, and, like, my anxiety took over, and I, I learned along the way that you just have to pray about it, um, step out of my comfort zone like yeah. I am today. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is a little bit uh, rough for me, but um, so – when I got involved here, I was just like, you know, if you start doing more things and meet more people and make more relationships, yeah, 
then you'll feel comfortable and you'll fit in. Yeah. So I think one of the first things I did was like help clean up after one of the dinners and mm-hmm. put tables away. And it's yeah. like, okay, all right, I'm out of here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, See you guys. <laughs> I've done something good. I'm going. Um, but no, and it's just like now I've done, you know, I've said it before the uh, oil changes for single moms. Uh, we did the Thanksgiving deal. Um, you know, we have the Ingrid Christmas party, which yeah. is a blast. Yeah, that was. Um, there's just so much here. And um, I haven't looked back. Yeah. I'm actually, last year I counted, I think I missed four days of actual church. And right. Vacation and sick was one of them. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. You know, I was excited to be here. Yeah. So I am kind of crazy. I do have a spot. <laughs> everybody kind of knows it. Yep. It's my chair. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but... Um, I am getting better with the, about stepping out of my comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's the only way we're going to grow. Yep. So, yeah, it kind of goes back, uh, you know, when Scott and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and it's just, you know, take that next step and jump right in and, you know, try it out. So, you know, you had said you left the Nazarene church and Natalie had been coming for a little bit. And I remember her yeah. saying there quite so, a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so like time wise, how long I think has she been? like six maybe eight years but i was on second shift for six years and did third shift for 10 okay and i've only been on first for i think it's going on three years now okay and i've been here okay so it's I, about i told her when i said when i get some normalcy in my life and get back to a first first shift job right i will make the effort and and go to church yeah and that's not that i didn't pray right you know, i prayed on my own yeah do a lot of my praying at the water yeah i'm a big fisherman yep yep love to fish and um, I'm not gonna lie. I can uh, I could get better at reading my Bible, and yeah. I have somewhat. Yep. But um, going to church and and listening and and learning and coming to Bible study now is is awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. So when you know she had been coming here for a while, and you know you said you do you do Easter and Christmas and that type of things. When was it right when you hit that first shift job three years ago that that's what did it like that you just right away or was it was it also one of the sermons when you decided because i'm i guess what i'm getting at is at that point you know you weren't all the way in you hadn't really committed and you were like you were i guess for lack of better terms it was almost like a chore i would say where you You gotta get up you know because you don't like getting up early right but no, um, now I'm I'm super excited. I mean, there's times I'm out in the workshop and I'm up till two or three. Right. Yeah. And it's like I got I'm going to church in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, I need to. Go I'll to be bed. there. Yeah. Exactly. And, and one thing is, it's not I gotta go to church, as I get to go to church. Yeah. And that's that's hit pretty hard with me. Yeah. So I caught myself a little bit after that saying, "Oh, I gotta go to church Sunday." No. No, I, I get, get to go to, to church. And I want to. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, we love it here. Yeah. Um, but was it, like I said, was it like a, was there a specific sermon that really got so you on that no, rotation? It or was, was it? It was, uh, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie was gone. I think she had told yep, you this yep. in her podcast. Yep, I remember that. I grabbed all the kids up and. And came and she's like, "You did what?" <laughs> it's like I went to church. I, yeah. I took the kids. Yeah, like so. I think that's and seeing the proud moment. I'm like, "Wow!" Like he's really serious. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then I just, I've never looked back. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, I guess my other question, because, you know, we're, we're, as I'm interviewing, you know, the, the opposite spouse, you know, I, I had Natalie first and you, yes. and then I had Nate first and then Kim. And so I'm getting, you know, all the different mm-hmm. angles, same with, you know, Neil, Nate and Jeannie. And Neil and Jeannie. Yeah. Like, so I've got a little bit of the story, but then like, it comes back to me. I'm like, oh yeah. So like I've mentioned on here multiple times, how just the conversations and, um, the things we do at home and how, how much they've been positively affected by, finding this church and really diving deep into our faith, you know, I I'm guessing and can almost assume that it was the same thing for you. Like it was a night and day difference as far as relationship went with not only your wife, but the kids too. Yeah. And the kids, you know, I gotta say Braden, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, we've been coming and I didn't think, you know, he's got a girlfriend now and he likes the early service Yeah, and he gets up gets ready, go picks her up and comes. Yeah. And he's awesome. here. And then we pass him on the way. <laughs> right. You know, for second service. And hey there. <laughs> just super proud of him for that. And you know, Lillian just got a, a, a new study Bible. And yeah. I'll go knock on Alandria's door as well. And I'm like, what are you doing? I said, You doing homework? And nope, she's got the Bible in front of her. It's That's like good. so hopefully, you know, we just stay on the right track and Absolutely. And, you know, there will be distractions along the way, but as long as you keep the main thing, the main thing, and yep. keep on the And I mean, they're path. kids. Oh, yeah, of and course, yeah. I was there, and I, uh, yeah. and I was even a kid way too long. <laughs> right. <laughs> Been there, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, it's it's awesome to hear those stories because I've lived it, and I, I feel it, and um, just the relationships that we've talked about in the church period, you know, the friendships that we've built and just the conversations that we have out in the lobby right before the sermon starts, you know, and, uh, you know, one thing you like to mention a lot, you know, especially when we were talking about you coming on the podcast is, you know, you, you refer to it as, you know, you're still early in your spiritual journey. So I guess I'd ask you a little bit like, Hey, you know, how that's going, where you're at in that and, you know, kind of, kind of where you're feeling in that, in that journey right now so like i said when we we, when i was growing up i wasn't really in the church um most of my church either came from my grandma or my best friend um we'd spend the night at his grandma's on saturday night Mm -hmm. and get up and go to church with them and they were quaker and it was it was out in the country and it it wasn't like speaking in tongues or anything like that is and it, it was just a good old country church yeah and but he always used to go to church camp and you know you're not supposed to be envious of what other people do or have and it's just like growing up it's like man i'd like to go to church camp i'd like to go to church camp and it never happened so he'd come home and tell me all these stories and so i don't know it it was it was just finding a place to call home yeah and actually being excited to come here uh, is great. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we'll take a we'll take a little detour for a little bit, but you know, you said you grew up in Indiana and then what well, you moved to Indiana from being born in Toledo, mm-hmm. came back to Guyana, you said your junior year. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. Well tell me a little bit about it then. <laughs> well, I mean, you've already made made your friends all the way up through elementary, middle school, you know, and yeah. just whoosh, you're Gone. here. Yeah. And I, my school was huge. Right. I come here and I went to the old Guyan school that is now tore down. Right, right, right. And I'm like where's the rest of your guys' school? Right, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's just a big square and three floors. and Yeah. But uh, it, it was kind of hard to get here and, and fit in. 
being that late, everybody already had their clicks on their buddies and played sports. Yeah. So I didn't play any sports when I got here. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you guys have been They've playing been together. Yeah, They've you guys have been, been playing teammates. together for so long. Yeah. But um, no, I, I had my grandma and, and grandpa. <laughs> bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse uh, me, guys. <laughs> I had uh, my grandma and grandpa lived here. And then um, I had some uncles and, you know, they loved to fish. And yeah. At the time, we still did have the lake house. Okay. And so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it was just kind of hard to fit in Yeah, so, and probably running around doing things I probably shouldn't have been doing because I didn't know it, you know? Right. Right. Didn't know, you know, I, didn't know any better yet. Yeah. Didn't know anyone period. And you know, yeah, absolutely. So you brought up fishing and, you know, obviously if you know, Mike, it, it's not hard to, to figure out that he's into it. Uh, very, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's got, uh, on a shirt right there and hat. But, uh, so where did that passion actually initially start from for you? You know, and, and people are going to say different things. Um, I think, my aunt took me to a reservoir, and she just wanted to hang out with her boyfriend. And we took a fishing pole, and I think it was, like, maybe a bluegill. Okay. And I caught a bluegill, and I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah. And then, like I said, we had a lake house, my grandparents. And this was our vacation spot, believe it or not, Galleon, Ohio. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, um, her parents still lived here when we lived in Indiana, and we would drive to the lake. Yeah. And so we was always on the boat and okay. always fishing. So. Okay. I'd say, you know, my grandparents in the lake house. And the grandparents, the aunt and everything. Yeah. Awesome. So then it just never stopped. Yeah, it definitely hasn't. He was just at the expo this weekend. and uh, Good time. Yeah, good time. Not for the wallet, though, right? <laughs> Shh. Do you need me to edit that part out now? No, we're good. So uh, my other grandparents, my dad's parents in Indiana, they ended up having a houseboat, and we grew up on Lake Monroe. Okay. So, I mean, it was constantly water, swimming, fishing, yeah, camping, eating, you know, yeah. boating. Yeah. Just the outdoor yeah. outdoor so it's, experience it's period. Always in it. Yeah. That's awesome. So for those of you that don't know Mike, um, he's I'll, I'll get into, you know, some of the, the the crafty things he does later that apply to fishing. But uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, we know you here at church and uh, we know you like fishing, but what's something else we don't know about? You know, uh, you know, tell us about your job and everything else that's going on with you. Well, I work at Covert Manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there. It's, it's going on 19 years. Okay. Um, I did graduate from Galleon. Uh, I do have a car in a garage, and Tim Bell said he would be more than happy to take a look at it. <laughs> but um, I was also raised doing um, car shows a lot. My dad was a car salesman. We went to auto shows yeah. and, and things like that. So um, I've got a 66 Mercury Comet yep. with 47... 1,700 original miles on it, yep. all original, and it needs a little love. But for the most part, everything is good, Yeah, and I'd love to get it back out. It's yeah. just we had it out. Uh, uh, it's been some years ago, and my dad was around, and he came up for a car show, and we had three generations. It was my dad, me, and Brayden. Yeah. Brayden was just tiny. Okay. <laughs> and we went to just a little rinky-dink one over in Bucyrus yeah. at the um, – Counseling and Aging Center or something like that? I know that. what you're talking, yeah. Across from the Sheriff's yeah, Station. Yep. And uh, so that was fun. And then I told my dad, I said, hey, why don't you drive it home? You know, because he, he called me up one day and he said, I think it's time for you to come pick up your car. <laughs> it sat in Indiana for the longest time. Yeah. He said I could have it when I graduated college. Well, 
That didn't happen. (laughs) Went to college, didn't graduate. Same, yep. So, um, just wasn't for me. So, yes, I love love old cars, hot rods. Um, Grandpa had Mustangs and Thunderbirds and big old fast Ford trucks and... That's what I grew up around. Yeah, absolutely. So. And it is a sweet ride. I, you know, one of the first times I was over at his place, I'm like, what is under there? Like, <laughs> you know, it's almost like a little mystery that I'm looking at right now. And then he told me about it and took the cover off a little bit. And it's pretty sweet. So hopefully that's something that, uh, you know, he can get going here in the, uh, I don't think it's going to take much. It, it runs strong. It does. Uh, yeah. I changed the, um, transmission fluid and the transmission, uh, filter and everything. We drove to the car show, came back, it parked it, and I came home one day, and there was kind of like a strawberry slurry milkshake underneath of it. So hopefully it's just some kind of seal mm-hmm. in the trans. But he said he'd be more than happy to take a look at it. And, and I guess he's actually got a comment that I'm excited to go out there and check out. Oh, so, there you go. Nice. I like it. I like it. I think he said maybe a 64 or 5, maybe. I don't know. It's a smaller. Okay. I think mine's like 19-some feet. 19.7 yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's crazy it's big yeah those are long like they, they're just they're, they are big yeah but I, I had mentioned last week and then again a little bit ago you know Mike's got a really good talent um, he loves fishing he's passionate about it and you know he was just talking a little bit ago about being out in the shop painting and everything and you might think you know oh he must be out there painting if he's in the shop he's painting a car or something no he's uh he makes these he paints these lures and the the detail on them is so so impressive so first of all how did you start doing that and you know um kind of how has it grown since you started it so i went down to the expo and was walking around and saw some guys that were doing their own and one of the first booths i went to and not to beat him up about it but they were a little juvenile looking and the colors were fat you know and yeah. it just didn't look real lifelike and yeah i was like hey you know that's pretty cool how did you get into it yeah had conversation with him and then walked around the corner a little ways and found this guy, and um, he was willing to just take the time and talk. Yeah. And I said, man, this is awesome. It's something I'd like to do. Yeah. And it's something I've always wanted to do. But when we got in the new house and there was a, I think it's eight and a half by 19 and a half room. Yeah. I said, this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you do with the rest of the house. I, you know, I want, I want this, this spot. Yeah. And um, Natalie bought me uh, a nice uh, paint booth. And... I went on vacation, and her and Josh Barnett uh, threw the floor down, and she painted the walls on a color I picked from a, <laughs> from a swash. Um, it's called Dockside Blue, which is way too Robin-y blue for me, but it's in there. Okay. Um, I came back, and I trimmed out the windows and the doors, and, and I just started buying stuff to, to paint. Yeah. And I started out with craft paint uh, from, like, Walmart, just a little acrylic paint, and it didn't turn out too bad. There again, they looked juvenile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see where I started. Yep. And I said, man, I think it's time for me to spend a little money and yeah. try out some airbrush paint. Yeah. And it's been a world of difference. Yeah. So to see pictures of my young ones and then my ones that are new now, it's I've come a long way. So then I started buying blanks and trying different things. And I, I actually just ruined some, uh, some jointed baits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just I knew... Dipping them wasn't the the answer, and I was excited, and I was like, oh, I'm going to dip them. Well, they hardened, right, and they right, don't right. swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now exactly. I've got to either dig it out or work on them, but it, it's trial and error, yeah. and it gives me a, a time to get out, and I've got a little Bluetooth speaker out there I can put on 
sermons. Yeah. Uh, listen to like Mark Driscoll a lot. Yep. Um, you guys, you know, you and uh, Nate and Neil, they always be sending me things. So yep. I get to listen to a lot of that out there in my own time. Right. Quiet. Nobody yep. around. Yep. Okay. So kids don't bother me normally. They'll come out and tell me goodnight if I'm out there super late. Right. And, yeah. But uh, I wait up for Braden to come home. Yep. He comes out and says, I'm going to bed or I'm going to go get something to eat. So, or I found a random TV in an alley. Can you help me bring it down to the basement? <laughs> so random. It was our back neighbor, but yeah, it's funny. We turn the TV on and it still says their names on it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh goodness. They are, they are super cool though. Um, that was one of the first interactions you and I had had was yes. at the, uh, at the charter at the campsite, you know, you were showing me all the designs and I was ultra impressed that day. And, uh, so that was, was kind of uh, where our friendship funny. started. <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny because Neil had mentioned that it was your shoes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, there's a younger guy over there. I mean, I know the, I know some of the older guys, and uh, they were all sitting in their chairs doing their thing. And I was like, this guy's just kind of over there by himself. I'm, I'm going to go talk to him. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, you get, get into fishing. Obviously, you're up here at the charter. Right, yeah. I was like, hey, man, check this out. I got something to show you. I, I paint my own lures. And then it was just like. That guy's pretty cool. And I was like, what's his name again? What's his name again? <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing to you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, and then I think, was you on the AM? I was, yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't go out till the PM. Yep. And then it was like, poof. It's like, that dude's gone. I was like, huh. And then I seen him at church. I was like, hey, who is that guy? Yeah. What's his name again? Yep. Well, the funny thing is, it's funny you mentioned that. So like early on when Nate and I had first started talking, um, he was talking about, oh, we need to go do this. And uh, he's like, uh, you know Mike Thomas? I'm like, no, I don't have any idea who that is. <laughs> like, you have to introduce me. And then uh, does at church one day. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do know him. I just <laughs> I know him real well. didn't know the name. <laughs> but it didn't take long. I mean, we all clicked um, pretty hard and uh, pretty quick. And yeah. We love having you here. It's great. Uh, we became pretty good friends. And yeah. Like I said, you called us in what? 11, 11 o'clock at night, 10 30. Yeah, 11, with, the sump, pump, yeah, with yeah. the sump pump deal. And it's like, hey, you got a sump pump? I was like, I really don't. But I've got like a little itty bitty pump that we could maybe work. Hey, we figured something out. It, it, it was a uh, redneck ingenuity that <laughs> night, is what we came up with. But uh, no, and I, I think the reason I bring that up, you know, a lot, just uh, the conversations we all have between, you know, our group and just any guys here. I mean, we're always talking to everybody, but just it, it really goes back to, I think I even mentioned it uh, on the phone this morning, Nate. I was like, you know, just, I've, I'd love to see the number, but it's got to be a solid 95% of the sermons at some point relationships gets brought up. And that is the most beautiful thing about this church to me is just seeing the relationships. And even if, you know, you're not uh, in a group chat with guys and seeing them multiple days a week and hanging out on the weekends and stuff, just even if it's the ones you only see on Sundays and you have those conversations with, like it's a lasting relationship that I've seen grow and blossom over these past couple of years that we've been here and, and really just over the past year, you know, with, you know, relationships with like with you guys and then the wives and stuff too. And it's, it's awesome. It's, it's just really, really cool. Yeah. And it's like life. You mean you have these friends when you're younger and then you have a wife and then you have kids and you've got your house and you've got so much going on. Things kind of drift, drift apart away, yeah. and it's not that you, you forget about them or you don't have, you know, you try to make time for them or yeah. then, but then their schedule don't match your schedule. So I've got a lot of friends here. Yeah. Um, I graduated with the McMullen, you know. Yeah. With Justin and uh, went to school with Josh Barnett and yep. Phil Adkins. He's going to be on here. Yep, and, yep. And, you know, and it's it's good to see them 
even on Sunday yeah. and try to do stuff outside of here. Right. You know, um, we did the progressive dinner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That, that was pretty neat. That was um, fun. Yeah. But it's, it's just, you really got to just stop and think, yeah, Hey, we need to, to make time for these people. Yeah. We got to do this and we've got to do that. And, yep. And going back to the relationship thing, it's not just relationships between people, but it's also a relationship with the Lord. So, yep. So that's one good thing, you know, that, well, that, that was going to be my next point is, you know, you're, <laughs> you, you, you just mentioned it, going to school in Galleon and everything, you know, I know that you and Nate went to school together, but you really didn't talk or do anything until Say what's up in the hallway. Yeah. You know, until like, you both developed your relationship with Christ. And that's when you guys developed a relationship together. And, you know, same with us, same with Nate, same with all these guys here that, you know, I was the same way when I first came in, I've said it multiple times. I was reluctant. Uh, we had tried out another church. It wasn't for us. And then she found this one. And I, and I, again, I preface it by saying, I know it sounds terrible, but I was coming into here with no expectation of ever coming back. And the, also the expectation of, I can't wait to get out of this place once we enter the doors. And then it's amazing how the Lord flipped a light switch on, on me instantly that day. And we haven't looked back. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, when I started coming here, it was like, man, the things they had, they had the, um, kid venture stuff going on. And Natalie was actually Marsha. I think it was her name. Okay. And, she was on stage doing skits with, you know, Phil and Scott and yeah. just a, a lot of people up there. Amanda was up there, of course, and and it was fun. The kids, yeah. the kids dug it. You know, yep. It was great. And I was like, wow, this is really something geared towards children. Right. Um, well, and and I the think community. Yeah. I mean, the things that they, we do during the during the whole year for the, com- the community is, yeah. is why I, I just I drill that. Every time I talk to somebody, even at work or yeah. whatever, it's like... You know, come check it out. And I'm not the one that says, oh, you have to be in church. Come, I'm going to beat you down. I'm going to chase you down. Right, right. I offer them to come. Yep. I'll sit with you. Yeah. You know, that's what Neil and Nate did for me. I, yeah. I will sit with you. Yeah, exactly. If you want to sit in the back row, I'll sit in the back row. Right, yeah. But um, I think I told you guys I was talking to a kid, and yep. he actually, I didn't say a word to him. Today he came up to me and said, hey, we went to a church. I said, yeah, how'd you like it? And he said, well, I mean. It was kind of weird. They they were like beating up other churches and saying, if you don't do this and you don't do that. He's like, I didn't like that at all. Right. So I just I looked at him. I said, Bud, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you that you have to come. I said, I'm just saying our doors are open. Yeah. You're more than welcome to come with us. I said, if you want me to go with you or you want to meet me there and I'll right. sit with you, let me know. Yep. I said, when you want to make that step and come check our church out, I'll be there. And, and this kid's like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, so yeah, and it's cool because everybody's here. Everybody here is so welcoming that you know. Um, I think it was like our second time here. We're walking out of the sanctuary in here, and <laughs> Pastor Paul comes up and he's like, "Hey, who are you?" <laughs> so it's uh, it's really cool. It was uh, it was history after that. It was pretty uh, it was pretty neat. But yeah, I just like you said. I, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is, you know, you mentioned growing up and you got buddies, and and they don't even have to be drifting away then you know sometimes there's you just have different interests and stuff but as the order that i've gotten and you know you've gotten and uh just growing up period i've just noticed that like the people that me that we know we have the same common goal in mind the same interest in mind um the relationship has been much more rewarding in a friendship like that when you know you're invested in your relationship with christ and it's just cool you know um even when 
you know, we all get together, whether it just be here at the church with a big group or we're in a small group of people from here, you know, getting together and doing things, you know, it's always part of the discussion, you know, the men's breakfast and you just breakfast at someone's house or something, you know, we're always having those conversations and, you know, living our normal life, but, uh, having those, having those, uh, discussions and sometimes they can be tough discussions when one of us is going through something or, you know, feeling a certain way. It's been, it's been an ultra rewarding experience. And, uh, you know, I thank you for being a big part of it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, like I said, it's, it's cool to see, you know, the wives do the same thing, you know, with the women's Bible study and, you know, they've got one, they, they got one starting up soon. You know, they're always, they're always on reading and, you know, chatting on there about something. And it's, it's cool. You know, it's, it's been awesome, but, uh, I know you got some notes on there, uh, that you brought with you. So I've, I thought before I, I went on, if there was anything you wanted to touch on, uh, from your notes that you brought. Well, the one last thing on, in my notes, it was, uh, I think it was pretty funny that when uh, pastor Paul said, you know, he's like, he went and bought a new van for the family. Yeah, yeah, the conversion and, and van. And he yeah. said that everybody was congratulating him, walking around like, hey, congratulations on your purchase. And he said, you know, it's funny. He goes, I've never been congratulated on buying a shovel. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yep. He makes it fun. Absolutely. Uh, when we bought our house, like I said, we've only been there now for um, going on three years. Yeah. Um, he's seriously almost in my backyard there's like a house and a street between us yeah and so um there was one day i was coming home from work and i just i'd had a rough day and i saw that him and josh was uh actually taking in some hardwood fixing something in their house yeah and you know it was just like hey these people are awesome you know, yeah i'm gonna stop i'm gonna help them load all this stuff in the house and yeah. you know it was just and i know it was it's the lord saying hey you need to be that person yeah and so i stopped and we loaded all in there and got it done super quick and that was that so yeah yeah it's really nice to know he's right in our backyard and that, that we're always there if he needs us yeah um gets out early in the morning walk when i first started going to work early in the morning and and seeing him he would be out running i'd always have to look for him and make sure i wasn't backing out of my driveway right 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 and, and running into anybody but uh but no he's been great but that that comment uh, cracked me up Sunday. <laughs> he's he's got some in there uh, in there like that that that'll get to you every once in a while. It's pretty good, but uh, you know to touch back a little bit on how you said you know you're kind of still you, you still feel like you're kind of relatively new in your journey and everything. What would you say to someone who's um, kind of feeling like you were before you jumped in or someone who's making maybe making excuses or someone who's just not comfortable? I know you mentioned it with your guy at work, but um, someone, if you were talking, I guess, to yourself at that point, what, what would you have said to them about jumping in and starting this journey and uh, how it would lead you? Well, I'd say just do it. Like just, just go and do it. Um, and then there's a lot of people out there that can say, you know, go to the book of Matthew and this and that. And I'm, like, I, I'm not that guy. I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah. I, you tell me to go there, I can read it. Yeah. But, um, just get involved, read more, pray more, um, you just, it's better for you as a person. Um, I think I had mentioned it last time. I I had some, Natalie said she thought I was battling a little bit of depression and, and anger. And, and you know, I, I came here and I prayed hard about it. I said, I'm just going to give it up. I'm done. I'm done with Satan beating me down, telling me this and that. I'm going to work on it. Yeah. 
And so this year, I I haven't felt like that. Yeah. Hardly this year at all. Like yep. this winter, you know, normally I get the, I'd rather be fishing. Oh, I'm stuck right. in the house, you know, I got to do this. This year has been smooth. Yeah. So um, she said she actually seen a, a difference this year. So yeah. I put it back into being more involved and, yeah. and studying it and the relationships we have and yep. Bible study, yep. you know, just being here, not giving Satan time to get in and poke at me yeah, and get into my head. Yep. And that's, uh, that's an easy thing to happen. Um, you know, uh, uh, when you're, when you're sitting alone and you've got time to yourself, it can creep in, you know, I've noticed it at times and I've just had to, uh, to retain my focus and really, you know, stay on the, stay on the right path that I'm looking for. You know, like you said, just with anger and your temper, just it, even little annoyances I've noticed, yeah. you know, it, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have thought about it like that before I would have just grumbled and went on and remained grumpy. But then, you know, not because we're all going to have those moments where, you know, we're dads, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to have those moments where we're not going to be our best selves and uh, we're going to have a little bit of an attitude. And, and that's just people in general, you know, kids, women and, and men. And uh, but I've been able to really sit and reflect and be like, you know, that why did I get so worked up about that? Why why am I letting this consume me right now? You know, and right. it, it's so funny. You know, there was a, I don't think I've told the story on here, but. It was probably whew, right around right around Thanksgiving, maybe early December. Um, I just had a rough couple days. Was stressed out about some stuff. Nothing major, just you know, everyday stuff. You know, world stuff. Just stressed out, and I'm praying on my way to work, and I'm th- I'm like, Lord, just let me let go of all all this. I just want to wipe myself of the stress and this anxiety and this anger and. You know, just saying my prayers, I go into work and, you know, my job, I'm in the office for about an hour or so. And I hit the street and uh, where I deliver in Shelby, I start downtown and uh, they were doing some construction downtown. And and I had just talked to someone. I'm, I don't know if it was my mom, my aunt, maybe my wife. I don't remember. But I remember saying, you know, I, I just I prayed on the way in that I can just kind of let go of this frustration I'm having. And I was like, and I honestly, I said, I, I told whoever it was at the time, I'm like, I just feel so much better now. I feel clear-minded and everything. And it was hilarious because, like I said, they're doing road construction, and I'm maybe at this little park point for five minutes at most. And I pull up, I park, and I get out of my vehicle, and there's a little, uh, like, restaurant-slash-winery thing called The Vault downtown there. And I'm walking out of there from delivering the mail, and this guy pulls over, and he goes, hey, man. That you parked there? Because like, yeah, I'm smiling, you know, like all right. And he goes, starts cussing me out like crazy, man. I mean, every other word is f bombs and everything, and I'm just staring at him, and I'm like, uh, 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 speechless, <laughs> like you know, like what, <laughs> what just why, happened? I just, I, I just this? cleared all of this, and I, I. But it's funny. The reason I say that is because. I, I truly believe like, because I didn't get angry in that moment. Like I, I just laughed about it after the fact. And I truly attribute that to that prayer that I had that morning about letting go of this frustration and this anger. And it's almost like that guy was a test there for a minute or almost just like a, a subtle jab or a joke. Like, all right, but one more. Yeah. Here you go. See yeah. how you deal with this one. Yeah. And, and just those, those little moments, uh, that, 
I wasn't doing years ago. And I'm sure you feel those, especially with the kids, like the moments that I have with Brantley and teaching lessons. And, you know, uh, we got him for Christmas, uh, got him his own uh, reader's version of the NIV and going through the gospels with him and that. And, you know, it's, you know, and right now with all we're going through with moving and all this house yeah. stuff, it's been stressful. But, you know, I think the, uh, depending on, depending on the Lord, to guide us through it. And that was, you know, I mentioned it, uh, whether it was last week or the week before it, I needed that, that sermon from Paul about just, there is, there is no right time. This is the time because we truly like, we were super conflicted. We were 50, 50. I think I even told you Mm -hmm. on the phone. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. One day I'm here. One way I'm one day I'm there. And I just was supposed to be our forever home. And I was not (laughs) exactly. And it's like, it's not like it's being taken away from me or something. It's just like, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. And, uh, I just left it in God's hands and kind of didn't rush anything. And then, you know, I was, we had made up, made our decision and then we posted the house online and, uh, I think at that point was the one where I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the right decision. And, uh, I'm super happy with, uh, with the family that's going to buy the home. Um, I, I know they have some young kids and, um, not that I was being discriminatory to anybody that didn't have kids or anything, but the house, like we have so many good memories of my kids there that like I wanted even though I'm I'm not the steward of that house anymore, I wanted to be able to leave it to someone that and let let someone else's kids grow up in that house and have the the fond memories that I have of my kids and that they're gonna have of of growing up there. I mean, you know, not so much Emery; she's not gonna remember it a whole right. lot. But you know, Brantley just uh, you know, good and bad. You know, it's where he broke his leg. <laughs> I think we talked about it. I told you. Uh... I said, look and see how the Lord's working. I said, look how fast everything went mm-hmm. and how smooth everything mm-hmm. went. You know, the roughest part now is just going to be getting everything over there and getting it the way you want it. Right. But I mean, the Lord provided me with you guys absolutely. for that. You know, I just, you know, passed the mic around last week. So what's coming up? <laughs> uh, just waiting on for you to call us. And you guys stopped over the other night. And, you know, and honestly, it was, we didn't even actually do much work, any work while you any guys work. were there. That's what I told Nate when we walked out the door, I said, he goes, well, well, are you ready to go? I said, they said about an hour. We've been standing there for a while, and they haven't done anything. Yeah. I was like, I don't think they're going to do much sanding. but We actually did get the room done that night. That's we ended awesome. up staying later than I thought. But uh, honestly, it was needed, though, because, like, you know, I'd, I'd brought those guys with me. The kids were running around because uh, my wife was out of town this weekend uh, with some family, uh, the little girl's trip. And just you guys coming over, it was like, I just need, like, this sit-down time and just – Talking about, you know, fishing and sports, watching funny videos on YouTube, watching Emery do what Emery does. <laughs> that poor basketball hoop. <laughs> well, once she started getting crazy, she she lost her shirt, and then she went straight into dragging the whole basketball goal through the house. Yeah. It <laughs> it's was, like, what are you doing? She was uh, she was a character that night. She she is the ultimate show-off. She likes... Uh, she likes the attention. Anything she can do to uh, to make someone laugh, she loves it. She's a little comedian, but yeah. But anyways, back to what I was saying is, it was just it was a needed relief at that time, and um, but yeah, I, I put everything in the Lord's hands, and then the Lord also provided me with great friends and great relationships here at church that are like, hey, you know, what do you need? You know, you need a hand? You need this? You need that? Let me know. He give me a holler. I'm there, and you know, I will reciprocate that anytime mm-hmm. to any of you guys too. Like, uh, if there's any, uh, skill I have or a talent or an ability that, 
you know, I can help you guys out with, I'm more than willing. And, you know, I know Mike's the same way. All, all these guys are, if there's anything we can do to help or guide you in the right direction, I am totally in, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been awesome. It's been really, really cool. And like I said, it's uh, a little bit of a bittersweet, it's going to be bittersweet leaving the place, but, uh, ultimately, uh, I'm glad the Lord put uh, that family there that way they can grow up in that home. And, I'm, uh, I'm going to have to look at it from afar, you know, um, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm gonna leave a little connection card there though on the table or on the counter as we leave. And, uh, you know, with having some young kids, maybe get them up here and, uh, be able to, uh, even shooting around for a while. Yeah. But going back to what you'd said, um, I don't know if you know, I, I needed a car. Uh, Braden was getting his license. We were giving him our old one and I went to look at a Toyota and it was just too small. Yeah. Was, uh, so as I was leaving, I saw this pretty little shiny white Hyundai. And I'm, back in the day, I thought they were pretty decent cars. Yeah. And it's a 17, and it had some miles on it. No big deal. Yeah. Super clean. Well, we bought it. Oh, yay. woo Yeah. Um, we ended up having to put a new motor in it. Yeah. They okay. called us, and they told it was going to be like over $3,000. And Natalie calls me at work, and it's like, I don't mind that you call me and tell me things, but now <laughs> I'm going to have to sit here and pound them in my head all day, all day just long, be three grumbly. Yep. And so when I got home, as soon as I opened the door, she's like, well, what do you think about this? And I was like, eh, I've already given it to the Lord. Yeah. I'm not, I think she was expecting me to come in, fly off the handle, right. throw stuff around, just get cranky. Yep. And, and she was just like, what'd you do with my husband? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, but I was just like, you know, I'm over it. I'm, I can't do this anymore. No, like, it's no not point. worth harboring it. Honestly, no. it's so. It's, I said, we will, we will figure it out. Yep, we will get through this. We pray about it. You know, the money came along, and then took some fighting and and some showing up there and some digging, and we did get hit with some, but it wasn't you know almost four grand, right? Which yeah. was good. I've got the car back, and now it's gonna be gone. Oh, Hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for something different. Um, but yeah, that was just a, a point in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Yeah, and it, uh, it's honestly one of the best feelings, isn't it? Yeah. When you finally get to that point like, where you're eh. like, "What? What am I? What am I doing this for? Eh. Why am? Why am I holding on to this? Why am I stressing out?" And you know, I think the biggest thing to me is, you know, it was, and sometimes, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. Like there are plenty of times that I still, I've got to check myself on it better, but you know, just work in general, you know, you and I were on the phone earlier and we're both just like, yeah, you know, it's Monday, but you know, I'm trying, trying to get better about just like, I'm not even speaking about work when I get home. It's I'm checking it at the door and that's the end of conversation, you know, not saying I'm not going to be tired from it. I don't want to take a nap. (laughs) Like, you know, there's a good chance that might happen. And there was a point in time when, you know, my my machinist mouth would come out, and I would come home. I was working, rah, 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 and she was just like, "All right, we have kids," you know, like. Yeah. And then it, it's fine. I said, "You know what? You know where I work. Yep. You know what kind of day I had. Yep. Just don't ask. Yep. Yep." And she did for the longest time, and then it's gotten better. Yep. Um, like I said, I just give it up and I go in there, do my job. I, you know, try to raise people up and lift them up and talk yep. them up and you know bring up church a lot yeah you know just out of the yep. out of the blue they're like yep. what'd you do this weekend 
boom, I'm throwing church out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I did this weekend. Yep. Boom. Yep, there it is. And sometimes it leads to other discussions, yeah. and sometimes they're just like, eh. Yeah. So. Well, and that's what I was, <coughs> that's what I was going to ask you because, <coughs> excuse me, I, I sort of have, you know, I've, I've told the story on here about how I have a coworker who's started going to church recently, found his church and everything, but I've also got, you know, other ones that I'm still friends with that, you know, aren't believers and... I, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to get through them. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop, but you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to preach to them, yep. like you said. I know where I'm not pushy, but I'm going to offer it. Yep. So is that kind of your same approach as so, far as that goes? Like this, this kid that I was working on, talking to, and telling him, "Hey, you know, it's good that you want to be there. It's good that you're trying to find something." But I think it's more of his girlfriend or fiance or whatever mm-hmm. that's looking, mm-hmm. and I think he's more of a like I was, right, kid, right. Eh, yeah, eh, whatever. So I'll nonchalantly bring it up to him and like, hey, man, guess what we did at church this weekend? Mm-hmm. Or guess what was said at, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he'll sit there and, and, you know, he's supposed to be running his machine and I'm supposed to be doing my job. And the next thing you know, we've been standing there for 20 minutes right, and got, right. we got the guys looking at us like, um, you guys should be doing something. Yeah, So exactly. it's like, all right, man, I better get out of here. Yep. And I was like, hey, let me know when you want to go. Yeah, let's do Maybe, it. Yep, so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I'm the same way. Like I said, you know, I'm glad that my buddy's going to that church. I didn't invite him here, but, you know, he's a little bit of a ways away. Not, you know, and I, and I totally get that. You want to have a church in your community and everything. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of great churches out there. This is just, this is my home here. Our home as a family, our home as a church family. Like, this is where, you know... It it does feel like home. I, I don't really have a, a better way to describe it. And the way Pastor Paul is just... Uh, He's got a tool. He's he's got a, a a tool and a treasure to to lead me to what I want to believe, or, or not what I want to believe, but what I want to hear and where I can find that. You know, you look right here in these sermon notes, like writing down <laughs> right where I can find those in the Bible. So when I get home, I can I can start brushing up on it, and uh, you know it. And, and I'm still I'm still fairly new in it, just like you are. You know, I'm I'm not the best at always opening up the pages and delving right in. I do my best and I'm trying to get on a better routine about it because I want to know everything inside and out. And that's, and that's kind of the design, like I said, for next season when we do that. And I think you'll be a great guy to have on frequently when we do that, because you know, we can kind of go through that together too. You know so what this I mean? hasn't been too bad. I have to admit <laughs> exactly. now when I hear it in my, you know, my earbud come Wednesday, I may say something a little different, but uh, it depends if you even do it because I'll be honest with you. Like you know, I used to think it was crazy. We used to listen to the same radio show, and I would hear the the host say, "Like I hate hearing my own voice." I you know yeah. I don't listen to my show, and I actually kind of get that. It's not that I don't like. I will listen to it. like I listened to last week's and I'll listen to it, but I don't. But I but I guess that's not entirely true because I sit here and edit it. But when I'm at work, I'm not throwing on my own podcast and well, I shouldn't say my own the church's podcast and listening to my own voice is what I meant to say, but not throwing that on because I'm like. Because I'll sit in there and I'll nitpick myself and be like, I should have said this. I should have asked that. And it's it's funny. But uh, ultimately, you know, I, I don't really care what I sound like right. as long as people are uh, as long as people are listening and they're listening and seeking Christ. And it's been the uh, the best compliment that I could have received and um probably ever will receive is that I got one this week from, uh, actually Tim Bell. Um, he had said something, uh, at the men's breakfast. He said, dude, you, you don't realize how many people 
you're touching with the podcast. And I go, well, I appreciate that, man. I, I really do. Like I'm, I'm hoping that I've got an outlet here that the church has provided me that we can get it out to people, get more people here, get more people led to Christ period. And, um, he got kind of busy and that was kind of it that day. Well, then, um, I had reached out to him about the hall gross stuff and the, the, the live broadcast. And he kind of expanded on that and told me that, uh, there's a coworker, a friend of his that has, uh, started listening to the podcast and that uh, right after basketball season ends, they are going to start attending church here. And I couldn't have asked for a better podcast. I said at the beginning of this, if I lead one person to Christ or if I am able to get one person here and it's not, I keep saying I, and I, I apologize that for that, but just by doing this project that the church has right. provided me with and pastor Paul's message and you know, the word of the Lord period that, um, that was my ultimate goal that I will say that was my, my personal goal was a, to get to know everybody better and let everybody at the church know everybody better, get pastor Paul's sermons on online because I've said it before, you know, I, there's ways to, you know, stream it and listen to your headset. And, but just to have that audio format to, and also I, that is one part I will go back and listen to. It's like, I remember him talking about this at one point and I can, okay, that was this series. So yep. can follow the series, but hearing that was really, really, really cool. Uh, so, so I was super even excited. at your house the other night when you uh, pulled up all the states and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, where, states, yeah, yeah, where yeah. everybody's listening from, and it was, of course, Ohio was the largest. the leader. Yeah, <laughs> but then it was it's kind of crazy because you like have some stragglers in Indiana and Kentucky and Pennsylvania, and Bama. <laughs> yeah, and I think wasn't there like, even like maybe like in Arkansas? I think Arkansas the, the family, somebody it, that lived here. Oh, oh, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we believe it is uh, um, Bill Price's family. Okay. I, I'd asked Pastor Paul. I said, hey, "Who could this be?" Because uh, the the stats I can look up, and you know, when I upload the episodes every week, kind of says where people are listening. And recently, there's been a lot of listens in Kansas. Like, actually, it's probably second to Ohio. I believe it was second to Ohio on that list, like with the most listens. And I'm like who is in Kansas and how did they find Grace Point Church and how did they find this podcast? And so um, if it is you listening in Kansas, um, get a hold of Pastor Paul and give me a confirmation on that. I'd love to give you a shout out because uh, it shows me, and they're one of the first listeners too, like early in the morning, it's, you know, when I post the posted on Wednesday mornings, it's, you know, boom, they're on there. So whoever it is out in Kansas, or if you're listening to this anywhere, find a way to, uh, to get a hold of us because uh, a I'd love to have you on and hear your story and uh, how you how you found Grace Point how you found the podcast how you found everything like what led you there obviously we know the Lord led you there but I'm just genuinely like interested right. how did how did What's you find story? yeah exactly so I I'd, I'd love to I'd love to find out but uh, we are kind of working on something for that we're gonna put together an email address for the podcast that way. Uh, Mainly because from this is going to be really the only season that it's going to be interviews like this with people. I mean, we're still going to, you know, sit and have conversations and, you know, fun little chit chats and stuff. But it's going to be more of a, uh, a Bible study format next year. And I'd like to have everybody's input, their interpretations, their uh, their their views on different things. Because I've said that's really my favorite thing about Bible study on Wednesday nights is uh, just you know, a the the questions that are asked, but b people's different interpretations of what that what that is. You know, yeah, we've got like two or three different questions out of one one verse. Uh, yeah, it's just like oh, you saw it that way. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, of course. Sometimes I crack jokes because that's what makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> oh goodness! But uh, yeah, uh, 
he has a way, Pastor Paul has a way of, of explaining things, you know, and, and he says, you know, a lot is that I believe and I believe, you know, and then somebody else and sitting there yeah. will be like, well, what about this? And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I've never thought of it that way, but I'm going to look into that. Right. Yeah. I'll get so back to you next week. On yeah. That. And just having different minds on the same subject Yep. and different inputs yep. helps me understand more. Right. And especially like this is a really a, a difficult book to interpret as uh, Revelations. And it's it, crazy. It, it is. Yeah, it's it really is. Crazy. It is. And so it's, it's there, there's no way. And I, I think you would probably second this as well, that just reading it, I would be able to comprehend what's, what's going on. Like I definitely need leadership in, in Revelation. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny you say that because in, I looked at my grandma's Bible, you know, when I was young and it was all written up, you yeah. know, and I don't know if it's just me. Sometimes I like to keep my things. And I know my daughter's this way with all her books, but I like to keep them neat and clean. And, you know, if someone like wants new. to borrow it. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I started this Bible study. And I was like. <laughs> scribbling it up. Started yeah. scribbling it up. And it was like, it looks like chicken scratch. Uh, my writing's not the same. I use a different pen, you know, and I get back in there. And it's like. Well, the reason I wrote this down is because it helps me understand. Yes. I think even Kim said something about that last week yeah, in the group deal. Being all written uh, up, but, yeah. So I've come to the conclusion that it's, it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Um, when uh, Paul shared Cheryl's Bible at the yeah. the the showing, the funeral and everything. Beautiful. You know, I looked down in there and hers was just written all over. Tattered, and I was like, yeah. you know what? That's, that's the way to do it. Yep. So... I'm writing in my Bible. Yeah, and, and and it doesn't always just have to be the way you interpret it, too. Like, you know, something you learned at Bible study, but you can, you know, I've noticed, I've caught myself at times, like, putting a little side note and um, basically reflecting on that and comparing it to an instance in my life or, you know, um, an attitude that I've had or an experience and kind of putting in a correlation right there. You know, I've noticed, noticed myself doing that. Um, you know, it depends if I have, have the one on me. Otherwise I've got my, my app sometimes when, uh, when it's, uh, when it's just me, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really been a gift. I'm, and that's something, you know, I, I, I know there's a lot of times I can be repetitive over on episodes on this, but, uh, it, it really goes back to the connections and the connection groups and those relationships that you build. I know you were part of Jay's uh, connection group at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, Mission possible. And, uh, you know, and and everybody's got scheduling things with, you know, it's totally understandable. Um, but when you do have the time, you know, like you said, you worked different shifts forever. You know, I talked to Matt Triano and, you know, he's going on the charter this year and back in the past, he wasn't able to because of his job. And so when you get the opportunity, you know, I, you almost got to kind of look at it as a gift from the Lord saying, all right, this door is open now. Walk through it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Phil Atkins did one, and it was um, like basically coping with the loss of a loved one. Yeah. It's something uh, grief, along those lines. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really wanted to go with that because um, I lost my dad. Um, well, it was last Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Uh, and it's been rough. Yeah. But I really wanted to get to that one, but it was just at a time that didn't work. Right, right. And uh, I think my mom made it to a few of them, and she said it was good. And uh, I just think Phil does a great job with everything he does around here. And yeah, so that was one I wanted to get to, but 
didn't get to make it. Yeah, no, totally understand. I mean, it was the same thing with Jay's class. You know, I, I would kind of check in with them, you know, and see how yep. that was going. And, uh, and, uh, I wanted to, but it just, it didn't, it didn't work with the, the schedule at the time, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton coming up for people to sign up for. And, uh, you know, like he said, like we would tell a coworker or someone that's talking to us because, um, I've noticed that, you know, if you've got someone who's not active going to church, not active in their faith, and they start asking questions, even though at first they might even be, um, questions that you could interpret as almost jabs, maybe, you know, kind of, kind of questioning you. Why do you, do you really believe this? Like, you know, how you really, of all people, you know, you, you believe this? I've done you for how long? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I've noticed that the more that people are asking questions about that, that shows me that they're being a little bit vulnerable and they're, they're kind of trying to dip their toes in that water, but also kind of putting on a, a facade and, you know, a tough bravado of like, uh, you know, so if you notice someone starting to ask the questions, that's when, you know, you should kind of start the the slow roll and rolling it out. And sometimes we just don't know what's really going on with them. Right. We know them from work or yeah. or from school or yep. whatever and you don't know what their home life is like. Right. You don't know what they're really going through. Right. And if normally if they're asking questions then they're like thinking about it. Yeah. And they're reaching out for a reason. Yeah. There's they're they're it's on their mind. Yeah. You know, and I I call it I would call it the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And but then like you said, putting up their big tough toughness on their walls yep. and, you know, yep. and, that, and that's Satan working on them. I, I, and so yeah. j- just keep at it. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, if, like I said, don't be pushy. Nobody wants to be pushed around. No, anymore. of course not. And, and but, you know, I asked pastor Paul that on the very first episode and, you know, if you recall, I was like, you know, how do you address that when there's someone that like you've tried and they just don't want to hear it. And yep. you know, he basically, you know, he said, he was like, that's okay. You know, you, yep. you, you did what you could and maybe at some point they will, they just weren't there yet. And there's nothing wrong with that either. You, have, you know, you and I weren't ready at one point. Yep. And then that's, that's why I nonchalantly bring it up in conversation yep. and be like, Hey, William, what'd you get into this weekend? And let them tell me, Oh yeah, I went out and partied. Right, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what'd you get into? I went to church. I went to church yeah. Oh, and then it's like, they like, yeah. Oh well, I I really you know want want to do this. I right. want to do that. I like to do this. I like to check this out. So, uh, I I stay at it, but not pushy. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's been it's been such a blessing. You know, being able to being able to spread the word, um, talking to guys like you and all, all yep. everybody here. I mean, it's uh, it, it really is just such a it's a it's a cool endeavor right from the start, you know, I've got the kid down there, got a kid over yep. here. My wife and I walk in, we see you guys, we see everybody, we're having conversations, dip in here, you know, same thing. We normally always sit in our seat, but I got, uh, with my wife out of town this weekend, I got a little call to, out there in the peanut gallery <laughs> with uh, some of the guys. So I had to come in here right after the music. Yeah, and I felt someone was, my arm <laughs> was drawing on on the hey, back of his arm. Going on back there? Someone was in my seat. No, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, where I normally sit, it was all uh, occupied this week, but that was a good thing because it, it was it was pretty packed. It was. It was crazy. So I, uh, I, I kind of just uh, found an empty seat and sat next to someone, but uh 
yeah, it, the whole thing. And then, you know, we get up and, you know, still talking to people and building those relationship here, relationships here afterwards. You know? Oh, I know my kid's like, all right, we're ready to go. <laughs> Dad's still in there talking or mom's over there. Rochelle does the same thing all the time. She's like, yeah, we get out of church around 1130, but we probably won't leave till noon because Zach's talking to someone. <laughs> the kids normally come up. Can I have the keys? Yeah, exactly. Or when Landry was laying on the uh, laying down there when we were doing the podcast last week, taking a little snooze after youth yeah. group. Oh goodness! But well, they enjoy being here. Um, I think Braden has come with me a few times to the to the oil changes, and that was good. Um, just just get him involved. Every time you mention Braden now, I just I go back to when you were telling me the story at the Christmas program when he was little and he just stood up there with the meanest scowl on his face the oh, entire time. It didn't say a word. <laughs> and then he would lock eyes with us and and it was just like daggers. Like, kid, just just move your mouth. Even care. a smile would be nice. <laughs> Even a hand gesture. Just do something. I just think of it all the time from that. And then uh I had one more uh one more thought that came to my head as a, uh, a funny story that I might have you mention uh, before we get to the advice part, but this is just a funny story that came to mind about, uh, and I'll, I'll loosely describe it because it sounds worse as I describe it, but uh, when, uh, when Natalie said, uh, if, you, if you do this, I'm going to call the cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd had it, I'd had it that day. Um, and Braden just... I needed him to do, I wanted him to do something, and he was all about the video games, and I said, you know, I'm just, I'm going to take it out there, and I'm just going to take a baseball bat to it, and whatever she was doing in the kitchen cooking, she heard basically that I was going to take a baseball bat to our child, <laughs> and she goes, and you do, and I'll call the cops, and it was like, Alandria said, and she's like, what? And she's like, he's not going to hit our kid with a baseball bat, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and it was basically just trashing the Xbox because he wasn't doing it, but, Trust but yeah, me, it was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> you told me that story one time, and I about oh. died laughing. <laughs> I think you said, like, you went outside, and we're just out there cooling down. And yeah, I don't even know. I just, <laughs> I walked out, and just, <laughs> and then Landria t- comes out, and she's like, Mom thinks you were going to hit Braden with a baseball bat. <laughs> no. no. Xbox. Uh, yeah, that's totally not it. Oh, I goodness. would not hurt my children. No, no, none of us would, but uh, I can definitely say that I've threatened the same thing to the Xbox multiple times. <laughs> it, is, it is one of those thorns in my side sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to have fun, and I think that all kind of goes back to an idol, and at that at that age, you don't realize what you are consuming your time and your, yeah. and your energy and and with so as a child yeah he was just playing video games right, right we right. did too yeah exactly but um you know when there was something that needs to be done and you're like oh just wait a minute oh, i can't pause this or i can't do this it's like no yeah <laughs> you're gonna do this. i said now <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do this and yep. this is how it's gonna be yep but yeah that, that was a good story and oh it was a good one well, uh, I think you know what question's up next, uh, the way I always uh, kind of end the show, other than, you know, I'll give the upcoming events, but uh, what's uh, what's your advice for the uh, the advice column? So, I mean, I was kicking this around, and I knew it was coming. Um, I've got a couple of them that I've heard growing up, and this was as far back as my first job. Yeah. You know, and everybody's heard it, everybody that's worked somewhere with a boss standing over them. As if you got time to lean, you've got time to clean. Yep, yep. And I was like, no, I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use it. But um, And I'm not exactly sure where I've heard it, and I've heard it a few times. 
and it was in a certain situation, but it's basically um, any job worth doing is worth doing right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't cut corners. Don't do anything, you know. Yep. So that's just one thing that's kind of stuck with me. It doesn't really pertain to anything, but it could. Yep. It's all in how you interpret it and take it. Yep. But that's one that's stuck with me. Yeah, I like that. I, uh, you know, I kind of have a similar way of saying it. You know, I just said it to uh, the basketball team this past week. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a weird age, this 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy, fourth grade. You know, last year they were this team that they were just dominant. They were working together well. Everybody was having fun. And we've noticed this year that, like, there's a lot of just uh, – a lot of different things, a little bit of selfishness, not passing the ball around and some attitude. And, you know, I do attribute it a lot to they're at that age and they're going through some changes and everything else. But, uh, I had, uh, talked to the coach and I'm going to be coaching the football team with Nate and everything. And I said, you know, you know, what do you think about me coming in? And, you know, we were kind of going over some stuff and she was like, that's, basically what I was going to say to him, but, you know, I think maybe having a different voice and the football coach coming in and kind of, uh, kind of saying it, maybe a different voice will interpret it, but, uh, kind of the same way I do it is the way you do anything is how you'll do everything. You know, um, if you're going to, you're, you're only going to give half effort on this. You're only going to give half effort at that. It's so basically that was my way of correlating to him. Like guys, I'm watching, you know, and it ain't just me watching, you know? And cause that was my biggest thing is like, you know, I'm looking at this as, you know, I'm trying to tone it down from if I'm talking to like high school varsity players yep. to fourth, going to be fifth graders because you know i'm sitting there talking to him and i'm like listen it ain't just me watching you know i'm your football coach i said you got coach sheldon watching for when you're in high school you got future employers and then like i kind of stopped right there i get it guys i'm talking to fourth graders i know but but it is true like you know if you're whining on the court or you're arguing with your parents or your coach or you're disrespecting them that those things are going to stick out fighting with your teammates exactly exactly we're your team yeah we are one common goal (laughs) <laughs> yep, and that was that was my kind of thing. I said, guys, we got to work like an offensive line. I know everybody likes to think quarterbacks the 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 best position, the the most important position. But the way I explained it to him, like he can't do anything if those guys aren't working in sync and in unity together in front of him. You know, everything runs through them, and so it's it's the teamwork aspect. And you know, it's been a challenge for them this year, but they're slowly starting to come around. And um, you know, but it's true. I didn't tell him anything that wasn't true. Coach Sheldon said it on yeah. this podcast, you know, I remember Trevor vote when he was a third grader down here and it's like, <laughs> guys, they're watching. And so they're going to remember that stuff yeah. when they're older. And, you know, not that you, and not that you can't change those things. And I hope you do, but let's start now. Let's start at a young age. And it goes back to, you know, kid venture and, um, just vacation Bible school and all the things we're doing. We're starting with these kids down here and they're develop, developing their faith early. Cause, um, I don't know, but I, I would assume you could probably say the same thing I'm about to say, like where, where my kid's at right now in his faith is light years ahead where I was at his age in faith, like was a believer, you know, went to church, you know, we went pretty frequently, but it wasn't like routine and, it was a fight every Sunday yeah. morning when we had to get up and go to 8.30 Mass. And like I said, Brad gets up on his own. Exactly. Earlier yeah. than yeah. I do. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and same with Brantley. It ain't even a question. It's, go get to church. If there is an argument, it's, 
Brantley, you can't wear those bright, you know, green sweatpants to church. Come on, boy. <laughs> but that, that that's that's about the the, uh, the extent of it. So, yep. so we had a coach when I was a kid, and uh, he basically said, you play like you practice. Yep, and absolutely. That was Yeah, totally different ways to interpret it, but that that's kind of the way I did. And then I did I did have to steal a little bit from my favorite coach and Coach T, Coach Tomlin. You know, I, I stole a couple things from him, not going to lie, you know. But uh, – but it bears repeating because uh, he has this whole. Uh, he was he was speaking at a uh, like a an event for the youth in the area in Pittsburgh, and uh, so he comes up and you know everybody's oh man this is Coach T this is Coach Tomlin like this is awesome we got an NFL head coach in front of us and it's just you know probably kids Brantley's age 10, 11 years old and he's like all right who here's fast and they're raising their hand they're all excited like what is he about to put us on the Steelers who here's strong that's still me. Who here? Who here can jump? Who's got? Who's got a vert? Who, who's got the hops? And they're putting their hands up, and he's like, "All right, all right." None of that matters. <laughs> None of that matters. And he goes, "Because that's what you're capable of." He said, "That's what you're capable of." I know a lot of people that are capable, but I know less people that are willing, willing to get up, willing to put in the work, willing to do the right things. You're all capable of it. I know. You know. You guys got God-given talent to you. You are perfectly capable of those things, but are you willing to put in the extra step? And uh, so I use that, and then uh, the, the thing I always go back to is the standard is the standard, and here's here's my standard for what I want to see you boys at. Here's where you're at right now. You're way down here, so yeah. let's boost it up and boost each other up at the same time. And uh, so we're going to make mistakes. Uh, there, uh, None of us are perfect. There was only one perfect man, and that's pretty much how we wrapped everything up. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – Get off the sports talk for a minute now. <laughs> it's just uh, had to go on that spiel, That's but because uh, I'm going to go back to fishing if we don't. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness, but yeah. So uh, I want to thank Mike again for coming on. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, nope. Mike? Before Thanks I for uh, me. Yeah, absolutely before I close everything out. So um, this will be out Wednesday morning, which will be oh yeah Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. Um, so I want to make that as an important reminder that. There is no Bible study, but still show up because if you do come to the 7 p.m. Bible no, 7 p.m. Bible study, it is the same time as the Ash Wednesday service. So uh, come to that. Um, and then this upcoming Sunday is the uh, Lasting Impact Fellowship for Teachers, the Lift America event. It is at 5:30. It's from 5:30 to 8 here at the church. Um, I believe it is here in the sanctuary. And then uh, the doors open at five. It's ten bucks. Uh, still time to sign up. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, PB and J friends outing. Um, so that actually is Wednesday. Yeah. So today, um, this today when you guys are listening to it, this Wednesday from five thirty to seven thirty, we'll be meeting at Galileans in Galleon for a night of fun and bowling. Um, they got that benefit for uh, Brianna Hoover coming up uh, Saturday from noon to four in the CLC gym. They're hosting a benefit for her as she undergoes treatment for cancer. Um, I saw they're getting a little bit thin. I don't know if they'll get some more, but they got those Voice of Hope uh, baby bottles out there to fill up with loose change and dollar bills and, you know, whatever bills and uh, get them back to the table by February 25th. Um, there is a ton of sign-up sheets for all the connection groups that are going on. Um, I don't have that list in front of me, but I uh, it took me about 10 minutes to read the whole thing to you guys last week. So uh, I can either uh, copy and paste that or, uh, you know, put it's all on the website. But uh, one of one of the main ones is, that sticks out to me, A, there's the women's Bible study that we mentioned earlier that's going to be uh, on Thursdays starting uh, Leap Day, February 29th. I forget the time, but I'll mention that next week. But the men's fishing charter, uh, get on that if you haven't. Um, and that's one of those things. 
I've used that as kind of my example of my uh, my getting my toes in the water, getting my, my getting my feet wet was uh, was I don't think that was actually my very first thing. No, it wasn't. Uh, Grateful Givers was, but I was kind of the same thing, like you said, where I did it. I'm getting out of there. No one really, you know, wasn't. Uh, I was here. Yeah, that was like my my event. I did the the. Uh, it wasn't work hard, play hard, but uh, we were doing. Uh, well, I guess technically it would have been, yeah, because we were doing some work. But it, oh, we were just doing some after hours ones for uh, the adults, but working on the houses next door and kind of got my feet wet there. But then I jumped in with the charter, and then uh, like I said, me and Mike hit it off there. Uh, Met a lot of buddies there. Great testimonies and uh, just uh, great conversations, period. It was fun. So if you can sign up for that, I would highly recommend it. Um, other than that, it's uh, pretty much just the normal stuff this week. Um, youth group is still going to go on, even though we have the Ash Wednesday service. So that'll be 630 to 8 in the CLC. But uh, normal worship hours and everything stays the same other than uh, we got the lift event from 530 to 8 on uh, on Sunday. So I appreciate all you guys listening. Um, I think I was, uh, like I said, if, uh, if I can get a hold of some of these out of state listeners, I'd, I'd love to hear from you and, uh, love to schedule to have you on here sometime and kind of hear how you found the church, um, find your testimony and how you found the Lord, how you, uh, how you found the podcast, maybe, uh, yeah, how, how you found all this. I, I would love to hear it. Um, and again, I stand by what I said uh, a while back. If you know someone that's got an interesting story or good testimony and, uh, I'd love to have them on. It'd be it'd be awesome. I'd take them on at any point. Um, they don't even have to go to this church. I'd love to talk to anybody um, that wants to come up and be vulnerable like Mike just was and share their story. Mike was nervous this whole time. I mean, it's been uh, it's been what a uh, few months I started this, and he, he kind of told me at the beginning. He's like, ah, I don't know, it's not really my thing, and he was nervous getting up here. And then, boom, a few minutes in, he's like, it's just, I'm just talking to Zach, <laughs> you know, just like we were on the phone earlier. And everybody else, <laughs> well, they're <laughs> you're talking to me, they're listening. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you know anybody, I'd love to hear. Uh, I'd love to hear from them. I appreciate uh, all the people that are listening. Um, I know Pastor Paul does as well. It's great to be able to spread the word. Um, spread the word from pastor paul the the way he translated the word translates uh the word of the lord to us um so it, it's been it's been an awesome experience um looking forward to continuing this um really appreciate like i said all of you that are listening if um oh, what was i gonna say uh i just lost it for a second <laughs> but anyways <laughs> before i wrap up um yeah so appreciate all of you um Oh, that's what it was. I was going to give uh, a, a shout out to the person. I, I, I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but uh, the one Tim told me about that's uh, become a listener and started uh, started listening and is going to be coming to church here. Um, that's awesome. Looking forward to meeting you. Um, so uh, when, you, when you come here, let me know. And I'd, I'd love to shake your hand and uh, meet you and uh, have a great experience here in the sanctuary with you. Shout out to, uh, shout out to all of you. I'll see you all on Sunday. Um, well, no, I take that back. I will see you all this evening for Ash Wednesday service. So uh, I'll see you then and Sunday. God bless.